Shall I take your order, or do you need a minute? Ah, yes, I'll be ready. Just buying a car on Carvana. What? It's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. What? That's handy. Yeah. Now I'm customizing my down and monthly payments. What? That's an exquisite deal. And just like that, Carvana's delivering my car in a couple days. What? Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry, I'll have the burrito. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Delivery fees may apply. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Dr. Podcast. We appreciate you being here. Do check out some of the other stuff over at drdrew.com, drdrew.tv. We appreciate it very much. And if you are just listening to this show and not the Adam and Drew show, what the hell is the matter with you? But I would like to see the Corolla Faithful uh, on my other platforms. I think you'd enjoy some of that stuff, particularly the Wednesday show. We do it at 3 o'clock Pacific time. It's a streaming live show. We do Twitter spaces. We're on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, any, anywhere, Rumble. And uh, we're interviewing a lot of the silence voices from the pandemic. And I personally have learned a ton. Though I'm still, I don't know about you, but I'm still confused as hell about so, so, so many things. And again, support people that support us. Today, it is my privilege to bring Captain, I almost said Dr. Captain Sandy Yawn in here. That's where she sits in my esteem. You can go to her website, Captain Sandy Yawn. Sandy's with a Y, and Yawn, of course, is like what you do with your mouth, Y-A-W-N. Twitter at Capt, C-A-P-T, Sandy Yawn. Instagram, Captain, spelled out Sandra Yawn. And her new book is Be the Calm or Be the Storm, Leadership Lessons from a Woman at the Helm. And uh, Sandy, first of all, welcome. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's my privilege. But uh, I'm, I'm, as I'm thinking about the book, you were just uh, tilting towards me, t- telling me that uh, you weren't always at the helm. I wasn't <laughs> always were, at the helm. In fact, you let go of the wheel a couple times, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And by the way, when you get better, you have to let go of the wheel sometimes too. So right. talk to us about that. Yeah. So um, kicked out of 11th grade, got on that merry-go-round of drugs and alcohol. What? Right? I've never heard oh, of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah you know, <laughs> what is that? Happens. It was that magic where, where bus were ride. You? Oh. The magic bus ride was a 714. You're not old enough for the the real magic bus era, but I can see the the I understand the vestiges of that. But where were you in the country then? Uh, Bradenton, Florida. Okay, where in I Florida. grew up. Yes, and I just stayed on that. Was in trouble, arrested like fourteen, fifteen times. Um, parents divorced. You what was know. your drug of choice? Anything? Oh, you were just get a, my hands on. Yeah, yeah. We call that garbage bag. Is yeah. that is that what you were? Garbage yeah. bag user. Absolutely. No, no preference. No, like. Uh, no, you know, I pot was the gateway drug for me. Of course, right. So yeah. and then I imagine. And by the way, I'm imagining that was before it got so powerful. Imagine now you could have stayed with it and got all the effects <laughs> yeah. you wanted just from the cannabis right. that's out there. Yeah, exactly. Crazy. And then it just one thing led to another. Um, court order to treatment. Mm. Uh, in and you mean out you of can court order somebody to treatment and it works. Yeah, what it's called a Myers. You're not allowed to do that in California, by the way. You not, can't even. Oh no, you can't. Not anymore. You can't even go to somebody who said, "Let me help you." You're not allowed to do that because they're living their best life. Our governor just said, "Clean and sober" is the craziest thing anybody ever said. The worst thing, worst words ever. That's in, it's that, insane. It's it's that, it makes me so. You should be angry. Yes, I, anger yes, is that, right. Like I feel like that's like it's uh, committing. It's 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 nothing short of second degree homicide. Yeah, that's or, really or manslaughter, sad. manslaughter, because okay. you're you're committing these the people. Well, <laughs> because don't, it, vote, don't vote for him. Yeah, you know, because it's a progressive illness, and, and people just they can't get that through their head. Well, they can't even get through their head that it's an illness. But go ahead. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. a disease. Yeah. Like it's yeah. in the medical journals. Yes. I oh, mean, I know. I know all of the neurological processes that are yes. involved in it. So oh, yeah. I finally got clean. Years in and out of you know drugs and alcohol treatment centers, and at the age of twenty five. 
And they told me I would live a life beyond my wildest dreams. Mm. Dude, did they tell me I would be a captain and write a book? Like, be no. on TV? No, but they said I'd live a life beyond my wildest dreams if, if I followed the 12 steps and yeah. did the work and yeah. maintained, right? Yeah. That's what I did. And guess what? I'm living a life beyond my wildest dreams. And so that's why I got involved in this field. And so I got involved because I was working at a psychiatric hospital and I watched people, some people like you, very, very similar stories, be, who were dying. They were clearly dying to me and I was like, oh, these people are going to die. What are you going to do? And all of a sudden something happened and they were like these <gasps> amazing people. And I, I didn't know anything really about recovery at that point. It was This is 1988 or something. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, well, I want to understand that. I, there's nowhere else in medicine that you can take somebody from dying to better than they ever knew they could be. What the hell? So my bias, as I'm sure yours is, is for sobriety and abstinence-based programs. Not that that's the only way to do it. I understand that some are sicker than others and some needs all kinds of things that fully flourishing life like Sandy's, just not not in the books for everybody. But I hate the fact that we can't, A, give everybody a chance at that, and B, if we can't do that, at least figure out who the Sandys are and let them flourish and not give them a bunch of shit medicines that are only going to keep them in a state of chronic illness. Yeah, exactly. And you know it's a daily reprieve, right? I mean I didn't have a good morning this morning. I had to turn it around. <laughs> there are times where I would like to smoke a joint, trust me, and pick up a glass of wine. There are alcohol – there are glasses of alcohol I haven't even tried. Damn. No, I didn't say bottles. <laughs> Look, that's changed. That's interesting. Uh, so yes, like I still you know have what? to like – Hang on. I, I'm so accustomed to the addict brain, what it does to your thinking – that that's you, not you. That's your disease going. Yeah, yeah, just a glass because you could try a glass, right? As long as you yeah. don't say bottle, you could do the glass. Yes, that's what your brain is doing to you right now. Exactly. And so by doing that, it puts you just by thinking that one thought, it moved you one step closer to relapse. That's right. If you're not careful as hell and talking to people in the program, yeah, the it. monkey's always on your shoulder. It just it just fucks with your thinking so much. And so she she so I want to explain to people what just happened. She's like, oh my god, I didn't say a bottle. Normally I want to drink a bottle of wine. And then what the disease would do is go, yeah, that's right, a glass. You could try a yeah. glass because you're not thinking about bottles anymore. Right. You're good for a glass. Six months later, glass. That's <laughs> it's right. Like, it's like, that's it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I love that you recognize that. Yeah, I'm, I'm so very super rare. And, and people in the program always look at me and go, how do you know this disease so well? And it's really because I've been intimately involved with it for 40 years. I've just been treating it. My daughter's recovering a year now and just and it's been so wonderful to be close to a family member going through this process. And it's just as magical as I know it to be. It, yeah, it, it's, it's incredible. You know, I follow this Instagram, Sober Celebrities. Mm. It's really interesting. And when you read, you're like, wow. And I think it's really great because I feel like I've been given this platform for a reason. Mm. And I have a, now an obligation to show up for people, first myself and then others. Do you and, sponsor other people now? Are you still doing that kind you of know, thing? You know, I never was a sponsor. Uh-huh. I tried it once. Uh-huh. And I told my sponsor, I'm like, I'm just not cut with that cloth. But I do I give service in other ways. Is is that because you're used to being the captain and, no, and drug it's addicts because are of not the travel. Drug addicts don't respond to captains yeah. very well. It's hard to sponsor people <laughs> when you're at sea. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. so you have to be available. Yeah, but I yeah. did help so many crew on board. Uh, you know, I Yeah, I could spot it in some of the below deck crew. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. Like so many like young kids, right? For me, I'm 57. And you just go, wow, you got two choices. I can fire you or you, I can take you to a meeting. Those are the choices I give them. 
Which is which is, but that's a that's a moment of change, right? Right. And it's people either respond or they don't, and that's all you can do. And that's why I wrote this book to invest in people, to not just go dismiss them, put them out to the street, say you're in a job, I see you have a problem, I'm willing to help you, but these are the terms. Yeah. If you really want to stay employed here, these are the terms I'm going to help you with. So tell me if you haven't seen this phenomenon because. As somebody who ran a treatment center for a long time, I often was faced with that. Like you, you either you get with the program and it give you a second strike here, or you're or, or you're out. Or and if you and if there's certain I had all kinds of things that if they did, I just you're out. That's it. If you offer drugs to other people, if you have sex with somebody, right. out. Um, and and they sometimes respond, sometimes they don't, and sometimes when they don't, and I kick them out, I run into them five years later and they thank me for that for kicking them out because they say I wasn't ready yet, but I. Remembered what you said, and I, that was the it, it continued to percolate in my head. And all the other addicts straighten up, they all go, Oh, shit, I got to get my act together. Do you see that? Yes, uh, yeah, your yeah crew. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I mean, and I love how people come together when they see you're investing in them, mm-hmm. so they think, Wow, he's doing he's changing, so maybe I'll change, and maybe she'll pay attention to me. Mm-hmm. Like, you pay it, it's that. You know, alcoholism, addiction is a disease of loneliness, right? So I don't normally think of it that way, but tell me more. Yeah, because so it certainly ends that we're way. We're alone that's for sure. We're alone, and like this. you can be in a crowd of people and feel alone. Yeah, yeah. And well, you're alone. Addicts are alone in their head. Yes, right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. That's this morning. My conversation was change the thinking. Mm-hmm. Sometimes turning, changing the station on your radio helps change the thinking. Yes, it's like play the loop of the stories. Well, even, by the way, I was thinking something that Plato – this morning I, I, I listened to some goofy, crazy, upbeat music this morning. I thought, it's changing my mood. And, and I thought Plato said that 2,000 years ago. He said, you know, what, even the music you listen to will affect your soul, who right. you are. Yes. Yeah. I always – I actually have a playlist in my book mm-hmm. because in the corporate world – I do a lot of corporate speaking. You can't be alone. You can't compose yourself. It's hard. If you're getting heated and something's happening, I'm like, the one place you can be alone is the bathroom. Just go to the bathroom. Say, I, excuse me, I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Put some music in or meditate, whatever you do. Take like three minutes in the bathroom and yeah. come out. You, you out. will change. Time out. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So what kinds of stuff do you speak to corporate groups? Leadership? Leadership. So that's kind of what I want to get into next. Can we go, can we go there yeah, a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Because I'm, I'm – I mean I know you know addiction recovery and all that. But leadership to me is a little bit more mysterious. Um, talk to me where you start with that when you're going to talk to somebody about leadership. Well, I've recently learned in the last three years or about DE&I. Diversity, equality, Equity, inclusion, inclusion, right? Yeah. Okay. You know what we call that in the maritime industry and how long we've been taking that class? It's called a class called HELM, human element. Uh-huh. That's DE&I. Uh-huh. So I think it's interesting because we live and work together. When you live and work together with different nationalities, cultures across the globe, Languages. Right? Languages. And you have to adjust. You have to adjust to the human element. Mm. There's a Hofstede Greek. Um, IBM hired him, and it's called Cultural Biases. So we learn a lot about this in maritime school because we have to learn to live with other personalities. The corporate world is just now figuring that out, right? Mm. People have children diagnosed with cancer. Maybe they found out their husband cheated on them. They come to work. 
they bring that to work. How do you adjust that, right? Yep. You have to have you have to have that awareness where you don't keep hammering the person and expecting your, you know, try to forge them into something that you need them to be. Exactly. And for me, I look at my crew, I ask them and I I don't I read Ernest Shackleton's book before I actually practice this. What's your talent? Do you play music? Do you sing? Do you, I get to know them. Mm. And then I try to hone in on those talents within the workplace, right? So Let you, me ask you something. something. It occurs to me as you go down that path of getting to know someone, in the program, people are so used to getting at heavy shit. Do you find yourself going like? Does that kind of no. ease you, you set a boundary? Oh, with that. absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I talk about music. Okay. I talk about you don't go all the way into there. Oh no, no, yeah, no. Okay. we don't have time for that. Okay. <laughs> and okay. I'm not a therapist. But you, but you don't need to know that no. to get to. Okay. No, I yeah. and I'm not. Sometimes people will share if they're because mm. I ask are, are your siblings. You know. Um, however, you take that, you harness that, you give them the environment where they feel like they're part of a team, and that's. Getting to know your team members. Yeah. The corporate world, I, I work for a guy, he's a corporate guy, and I looked at him one day and go, I'm not a machine. I need downtime, and you can't talk to me like that. Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Shopify covers every sales channel from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform. It even lets you sell across social media marketplaces like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 help and extensive business course library, Shopify is there to support your success every step along the way. What's incredible about Shopify is no matter how big you grow, Shopify is there to empower you to get to that next level. Now it is your turn to get serious about selling and try Shopify today. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash DREW, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Drew. Again, the Drew is lowercase to take your business to the next level today. One more time, that is Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y, shopify.com slash Drew. Well, you, I think you can't talk to me like that is a very powerful statement. Uh, do people – are they allowed to say that to you as a captain? I, well, I, I don't I just talk to them this, like that. I just went through the special forces thing. That you know, Have you seen that TV show yeah. on Fox? So I was out there in the desert with training yeah. with the SAS. And you don't say anything except yes, staff. That's all you're allowed to say. Thank you, staff. Yes, staff. That's it. Is, is a captain position in that sort of – I will say you don't get to talk now. Uh, because you are in an authority figure, right? So they have to respect. But, but it's a different kind of authority than in the corporate world because it, it, you're literally a life and death authority. People don't appreciate, you know, right. there, there's shit going down. You know, it's at sea, yeah. and people, and you're not exactly on a galleon. You know, you're in a yacht or something, and it, it's it could get dangerous if somebody's not in charge and, and knowing what they're doing and getting the the command over the people below. Yes, I have an open. Bridge policy, right? Yeah. Just walk in. CEOs close their doors. Yeah. Keep your door open. Yeah. There's a guy named Wayne Heisinga Jr. Wayne Heisinga, blockbuster, on the Miami Dolphins. He's yeah. waste management. Yeah. Very wealthy family, always on the yacht. He built a shipyard or he bought a shipyard and renovated it. What he did every day is he walked around 
Yeah, he sure. said hello to yes, everyone. Yes. He owned it. Yes. You know, that made a difference with his employees. He didn't go through employees. You know, he had managers. He created an environment where people felt, wow, the CEO walks out. The owner of the shipyard walks out. Is and that's invested. Yes. In the corporate world, they need to do that. Don't close your door. Yeah, your door but, but I'm trying to reconcile in my head. Again, I'm, I'm not a corporate leader, so I don't know all of what they're constrained by. But they've got lots of employment laws and this and that. And at sea, you can't mess around with some of that stuff. You have to just be in charge. Well, Even yes, I'm sure we have there's HR, constraints. right? I'm sure but, there are constraints. But but that doesn't mean you don't walk around and say course, good morning. Of course. Well, you know, as they say, uh, business is relationships, period. Yes. So I, I can I, is it safe to uh, uh, develop that one step further and say leadership is relationships? Period. Simple. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, buying lunch. Mm. Little things really matter. So every boat I've ever worked on, I always got money for team building. I put it in the budget. So we would go whitewater rafting where we had to do it together. Yeah. I would create those environments. I think a lot of the corporate world do that, but they do retreats. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so, yeah. How do you – because I don't have the greatest boundaries in the world. How do you prevent from going to doing the whitewater rafting and – having people sort of violate your boundaries and start to think you're their best friend. That, that they try to That's a hard line. Yeah, how do and you do that? People in leadership roles in the maritime industry find that very difficult. It is very I, difficult. I think when you're a captain, they know. And I, I'm i the person, I don't sugarcoat anything. Mm. I let them know exactly how what I expect from them. And they know, like, for example, some guy called me Sandy and I go, it's captain. We're not friends. Right, so I make them, I I I let them know we're not friends. So, so but it, that's nice. I'm investing in them, but no, I get it. That's an easy. It's an easy thing to fall back on. Like now, the question is, should the CEO go? Hey, I'm the leader of this company. I don't. Mm, we're not. It isn't like we're. Um, so there's a way to address people, right? Yeah. So that's set up and. The hierarchy, like I don't – it's like are, we're all are, the same as human beings, right? Correct. But and, and there's positions. So well, yeah. people are really weird about hierarchies these days. They're okay, so what? super we weird. They're superiors. I, I, no, no. I think hierarchies – hierarchies exist all the way down to lobsters. They, they, they exist in all <laughs> animal systems. And, and so I'm quite comfortable with them and I'm quite comfortable responding to leadership. I, I kind of like it. But we've in this weird phase right now where hierarchy is like, oh, that's the patriarchy. Only patriarchy is where you see hierarchy. And it's just not true. It just makes me so mad that so many of these – the younger generation just wants to change all the, all the rules to life. Well, I, believe, I believe in adjusting things, right? I believe that we can – Correct. But come on. Well, I'll say that's two things. That's your superior. Yeah, two things. Uh, Edmund Burke wrote about this on the heels of the French Revolution a long time ago. He said when you destroy institutions, you just destroy. Yeah. You, things do not come back. Right. You can morph things. You can develop them. But you right. do not destroy – tear things down, number one. Number two, you're just young enough not to really remember the 60s the way <laughs> I do. And the 60s was exactly the same thing. We have figured it out. It's free love and it's blah, 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 blah. And it's, and it's you know, we go to Woodstock and we share with each other and it's, you know, what, what was, you know, uppers, downers, all arounders. You, know, you <laughs> tune in, drop out, whatever it was. And these things were, you know, slogans to live by. 
at the time, and it's the same thing happening now. It was a terrible idea in the 60s. It was a fucking disaster. I had to deal with it in the 80s, all the fallout from it. At the psychiatric hospital, right. all the, the debris from the 60s was falling out by that point. And then the 70s was a horrible decade and that we yeah. just, you know, that we took a, 20 years to get away, get back from. So it's evolutionary. So you had it then, and now we're well, having it's, it now. Well, it's, it's history, yeah, so you know, it's these cycles, yes. and, and I guess it's generational stuff because, I, you know, Adam and you know Adam, this is Adam's domain here, and he and I do a show. We're always we we hate the seventies. We always talk about how much we hate it, and and for years, the one thing we would say was, well, at least it's not coming back. People learned their lesson, and now here we are. Yeah, here we are. We, whenever you hear people say we figured it out this time, it's different. You know, we know we have special insight. It's all been shit because it was a patriarchy. Any any now we know sort of talk. Do not listen. It's always wrong. It's always wrong, whether it's Mao or. Lenin or whatever, whoever came up with the patriarchy theories, it's 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 okay to look at all this stuff. I I like to look at it, and there and there is some insight in it, but it's not abject truth. Someone said once, "I'm not here to teach you how to believe. I'm here to teach you your job." I'm, and I have an expectation of you. That's a great leadership yeah. sort of sort of moniker, I would think. Yeah, I also heard this. I actually read it. Um, a pessimist uh, complains about the wind. An optimist waits for the wind to change. A leader adjusts their sails. Oh. And it's like I, when I think that should be through schools. Everybody. It's like adjust your sails. You yeah. can't change everything. You yes. can't change. Like, well, it's, that's the serenity prayer in different yeah. words, right? <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> I love you. But yes, it is. Except the things I cannot change. Yeah. And remove myself if I can't change it, if I can't deal with it. If it's bad. I yeah. always give people an option. If you don't like it here. And you don't like these roles, you can leave. Yeah, yeah. You're not a prisoner. Yeah. And yet, you, and take, you know, all that cash under that. your pillow, just go grab it because that'll probably be the end of that. Oh, my God. Now, now in your book, you talk a little bit about, I, I don't want to mischaracterize this, but, but I, but I, I, th- I think this topic is what, what was at the core of some of what you're writing about is how to select who to build the teams with, so to speak. You had to, you know, how to know who to invest in and who not to invest in, maybe, which is a harsh, harsh topic. Uh, am, am I am I getting at something? Here? Absolutely. I have a great yeah. nephew. I really want to help him. Every time I make a suggestion, he's like, "Nah, not really." Yeah. What do you do with that? I don't help him. Yeah. Until he's ready. He's right? smoking weed, right? He's smoking weed. Yeah. <laughs> <You> know? <laughs> I, I know. I know what that is. I recognize yeah. it. Because he wants it, to be an actor. I go, okay, I'll pay for acting classes. He goes, nah, no, I don't really want to. It's nah, destroying so many young people. I, yeah. I just see that all the time now. And, and, then, then, and then if you get anything, it's you don't understand, you don't listen, right. and then angry. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, my gosh. He's 20 now. <laughs> but it's, like, but it's, so, it's such a characteristic scenario. I'm not saying that everybody that smokes weed gets this way, but a significant percentage <laughs> do. And it's very characteristic. It's all the same. And it destroys young lives, or at least mm-hmm. puts them on hold for a while. Absolutely. I always say this. Do you want your accountant or your pilot smoking pot? Mm-hmm. No. Um, anyway, so yes, that happens and with my family. And at work, who do I choose? The people who are really interested in learning about the maritime industry in mm. a career. If they're there for the camera, I don't really have time for them. I'm mm. like, go take acting classes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because you're actually being filmed doing a job in the maritime industry. Yes. Yeah, so, so you're here for maritime, not the camera. Yeah. So you're 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 pointing out something that I feel very strongly about, which is that if you're there, if you're on a reality show because, hey, it's me, 
that's – first of all, it must be an empty, horrible experience, <laughs> A. B, speaks volumes about the character or personality construct. <laughs> and then three, what are we all doing here? What do we do? The idea is to use media to do something. You're, for you, it's to show the maritime industry. And we all know – now, people that hear me saying that go, oh, what about all the drama? Yeah, the drama is what gets you in the door. Now, we understand that we have to do tell those stories to get you guys to watch. But what we're trying to do is teach you something along the way. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And the drama is real. Like, yeah, of course. It has to be or it wouldn't, wouldn't And, play. you know, sometimes I say to people, alcohol is not your friend, you know, because the next day – when I watch the show, I look at it and I go, that's why they acted like that. Because they drank I, so much. Well, I didn't see the drama. The drinking, yeah. Well, no, that one's kissing that one that night oh, yeah. and then he's on to the next one the next yeah, night yeah, and yeah. you're like, okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah. So you, and you and in six the- weeks, they fall in love. They've known each other forever and the next thing you know, they're devastated if he kisses the other girl or she kisses the other guy. It, it's very soft work. Youth. <laughs> it's wasted on the young, I tell you. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, it's sophomoric, but it's 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 sort of uh, – everyone's familiar with it. Everyone can appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, and it's where they are. You know. And one of the things – I get a lot of pushback because I'm not a person that just sits on the sidelines. If I see something that needs to be corrected, correct it. I was dubbed a micromanager – because I was bringing – I wanted the banana blown up because we're a floating resort, all toys out on the water. Yeah. My sister watched the show because she knows me and she was going, she's not a micromanager. She wants to ride just, the banana. Yeah, she just has fun. Yeah. yeah. She wants fun. Yeah. So are you able to do that? Again, this is back to leadership ideas. Are you able to let that flag fly once in a yes, while? Yes, absolutely. When yeah. I – as a captain, apart from the show – Yeah. Every time the guests would go ashore in San Tropez, I'm like, everybody in the water. So oh. we'd go down the slide. We'd ride the banana. We'd ride the wave runners. We'd water ski. So that's interesting. So you, you let your staff see so you have fun with them. Yes. But not the passengers. But not. Not the passengers. No. No. Oh, yeah. I don't. The pa- it's just yes. interesting to so, me. But yes, the passengers will include the fun. But usually, yes, I have fun with the passengers. There's a line. It's like when they ask, yes. But my crew know when to leave. They know. Like in the yacht world, you don't stay. They're there to have fun with their friends. They'll do like a mini Olympics or we'll do competitions. Um, and we do that. And I always tell them it's an hour. Then go back into your uniform. Yeah. We're here to serve. And, and is it a military style structure? Not at all. Not at all. No, but we have a standard, so it's very sophisticated. People are paying millions of dollars to be on super yachts. They expect it's the ratio is one to one. You want to provide that level of service. So it's weird. It's, it's both maritime and hospitality at the same time. Yes, that's got to be a floating restaurant, a floating resort, a but, floating but, hotel. But it is floating. You know, it's mar- it's at yes. sea. You you're, you have a captain and a crew. And yes, does is there a uh, hierarchy between the hospitality side mm-hmm. and the sure. ship crew? As yeah. a captain, I hire the department heads, and I allow them to hire their teams. I see, and then I make them responsible for their teams. Yes, yes, makes sense. Yes, and do you see people? It, given that you're the one selecting the managers, do you ever? misstep and see them blowing through boundaries inappropriately. I'll give you an example. I had a, so I have a chief stew. She served the queen of England, very refined, just excellent at service. Her second stew came to me on the bridge and her first officer, my first officer was her boyfriend. She goes, I quit. I'm going to quit if you don't fire her. So I looked, she went downstairs and 
I looked at John. He goes, if she quits, I quit too. He was my first officer. I went downstairs and I pulled her aside, the chief's too. I said, give her ice cream. Let her go to bed. You fix this until I get ashore. You get me through this charter. Yeah. And it wasn't maybe, I don't know, maybe they had people get emotional, right? So when you're in a leadership role, you don't know if the boyfriend and the girlfriend had a fight. So she expected well, her to do her job. That's kind of why it's, you know, in <laughs> in an ideal world, you don't have all that shit going on because uh, that always complicates everything. It's hard at sea. Yeah, I know. I mean, you would, you'd have no life otherwise, right? Right. It's, they got to have outlets. Yeah, yeah. On average, Americans spend 90% of their time indoors. According to the EPA, indoor air could be two to five times more polluted than outdoor air. And in some cases, 100 times more polluted. According to the 2020 report, nearly half the population, almost 165 million people, are living in areas with unhealthy levels of ozone air pollution. We take about 20,000 breaths a day, and the number one allergy trigger is airborne allergens such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold. What is the solution? Well, I want to introduce you to air purifier that captured the attention of many established media outlets. Air Doctor filters out dangerous contaminants and allergens so your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor uses an ultra HEPA filter that's been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested bacteria and viruses. We use this in our home all the time. We're watching TV sometimes, and Susan will flip that thing on because she starts to get eye irritation or nose congestion. It works. Air Doctor features WhisperJet fans that are 30% quieter than the fans found in ordinary air purifiers. It's right by our TV. We don't notice it. Air Doctor comes with a no-questions-asked 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com, use promo code DREW, and depending on the model, you'll receive up to a 40% discount. That is up to 40% off. You are saving up to 40% off. Lock this special offer by going to airdoctorpro, A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com, and use promo code DREW. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. And BetterHelp provides therapy services. I've been referring family, friends, patients. I've been very pleased with the services provided, the professionals there. And, of course, therapy is about is about deepening your self-awareness and, and your understanding of yourself. Sometimes we don't know why we want what we want or why we react the way we do. And we've got to sit, reflect with another human in order for that to be clarified. And BetterHelp will connect you with a licensed therapist who can take you on the journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Obviously, I'm a fan of therapy. I've had many years myself. It takes a while to build those boundaries. And I'm really, I'm sort of sick and tired of people using stigma as an excuse not to take care of their brain. And with BetterHelp, stigma is not an excuse because there's no longer a waiting room or anything like that where you might run into somebody. It's just no, there are no excuses. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Drew today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, BetterH-E-L-P.com slash Drew. Do you, do you ever find out what caused that degree of a sort of mutiny that they? Really- yes, um, she was tired. She was ex- was told to do something, and it wasn't in a great tone mm. from the chief stew. The tone wasn't right for mm. her ears, and that's when she was tired and. 
Erupted. Halt, right? Hangry, yeah. hangry, you know. Or... Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Yeah. Yeah, which has got to be a lot of time, you know, when you're yeah. working these kinds of businesses. And sometimes you need to allow that. And sometimes as when you're leading people, you need to see they are tired. I, yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've looked at – I've seen them on the edge teetering and I go, go to bed. Go to get – you know, go down. Get do you a couple ever go, hours. Do you ever go go to shore and you know, take, take a day or something or is it no, never that bad? No, we can't do that. Can't, no enough time for that. Yeah. It's just enough to get they them just in need their room. Sleep. Yeah. So interesting. How, how many years have you been doing this now? 33. How many of each year are you at sea? Oh, how well, much I – so my entire career is it's you kick it off with the Cannes Film Festival, Monaco Grand Prix, and you start your season. So May, and then you get a month off, and then you head to the Caribbean. Just so it's it's eleven months a year. It's eleven months a oh year. Oh my goodness! So it's your your mistress, your but master, as, your whatever. But a, as a captain, I had a lot of freedom. Yeah, I'm sure. No, it must be very very rewarding too. It yes. must be interesting who these people are that you're. But I love being a captain because you meet so many incredible people. Well, that's you're what I was going to say. Shoulder to shoulder with the decision makers of the world. I, like, I'm a, it's a, the Davos people must come on your ship or whoever or the we are Monaco. The Albert yeah. must show up and stuff. It's pretty cool. That is interesting. Do any of those um, types? Do you ever become friendly with any? Do they have relationships? Yes, over time? I have. Yes, you. You know, you're on vacation with them. Yeah, and you know, apart from the show, you spend a lot of time with these people. So they do repeat charters with you. You have, you know, you always have the same clients come back with their new friends, and you get close to the primaries. It's interesting. I, I was talking to the creator below deck. And he was saying he just he got exposed. I guess he must have chartered a ship or something. He got exposed to the world. He went, "There's a whole world here that's it's of itself, that's and no right. one knows it's here. But it's a but it's a it's a little universe. I mean, there's a lot of people in it, right? There's a lot of people. The state of Florida just in one year does ninety two billion dollars in recreational boating. It, 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 I, I want to understand what's in that ninety two billion. Is that People owning little boats. owning ships little boats. Or, or, or renting ships or no all small boats. Or? 20 feet, 18 feet, 80 feet. R- renting them yes. or, and somebody taking them Owning out. them, fuel. Oh, yeah. Owning, owning and yes. docks and everything. Like boat ramps, oh, wave yeah. runners. Is that crazy? That's just Florida. That's just Florida. And when, when I, you know, whenever I've gone over to Europe and been in a uh, marina, let's say, you know, Saint-Tropez or, or Monaco or something – you look at those ships, you're like, holy shit, what's going on here? Where, what, what universe did this all drop out of? Some of these, and some of them are like owned by somebody. Like somebody owns this. They're one thing. person. Yeah. It's like, but, but often do they, do they lease them out on charter? Oh, yes. So charter, okay. that's what we do. So but, we, but I mean, is that, is that typical that if somebody owns these, one of these crazy ships, that they also charter it? Most of them do yeah. because. I mean, you want to keep your crew active. Yeah, why well, have it sitting there? Right. It makes no sense. Yes. Mm. It offsets the cost of the vessel. Of course, of course. Which is- and it keeps the crew active and they're yeah. making that cash. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The tips are real. Right. So they have, so the people on the ship. And of course, if these are, you know, captains of industry and stuff there, that's, that's good. Yeah. That's it's, good. it's a great industry, honestly. Bravo's done an excellent thing by airing the show. It's reaching middle America yeah. and letting them know there are jobs in the maritime industry. We're at a deficit of crew. We're at a deficit of people in shipyards. <clears throat> we provide so many jobs. Like It's incredible when you see the amount of jobs that the maritime industry provides. And I'm not talking shipping. I'm talking just the yacht industry, the, the, yeah. recreational boating. That is, is, what is the, where is the world center for that? In other words, if now Florida's it's, not so the world Italy, center, right? 
Yeah, Fort Lauderdale's the world's largest boat show. Italy builds the most boats. No, I mean, no, I mean, when you're in, in terms of this charting business. Oh, the Med. The Mediterranean, yes. just generally Mediterranean. It's not one. Mediterranean and the Caribbean. So we float. We follow the sun. But it's not like Athens is 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 the dent is denser than Monaco or or Tulum or something. Or no, I'd say the south of France is really Monaco. And and who are those people that own those ships? They're, That's a part. Incre- they're, they own businesses and banks and. Is it? it, it some of it feels uh, oil, like Middle East. There's some oil. There's a lot of that. Oh, there's it? yes, there, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and it's great because we have jobs. Yes, because of those people. No, I get. I listen. I'm not being critical. I, I'm just. It's all just curious. And it's they, got, it's like to me, it's through the looking glass a little yeah. bit. It's like, what is going on there? Who it's are pretty cool. I just saw something on Instagram where there's a celebrity on a. It looked like a building, anchored off St. Bart's, and it was a boat. And you're like, I thought, wow, where is he? It's like a building, but and then I swiped and saw the picture of the boat and I was like, holy cannoli, that's massive. Is there any uh, limitation to the size of a ship that you would captain? My license is 3,000 tons. Okay. It's pretty how, big. How, how I um, sort of think in terms of length. Uh, it could be, it's the tonnage is where the windows are. It's really strange. It's um, So I just ran a one, it was 1,000 tons. Um, I don't know how long it was. It is big. 60 meters, which is what? 100 feet or something, right? No, it's no, like 100, it's 180 feet. Yeah, 180 feet. 190. I think yeah. it was 190-something. Wow. And how many people – so th- this is always the other part that amazes me. So the crew – let's just take your average ship. How many crew, how many hospitality? All told, how many, okay, people, so how many people average, working Oh, my God. They just keep getting bigger. So, so you've been doing bigger and bigger yeah, we're stuff. yeah. It's like I like. Right there's now. a sweet spot in the med under 500 gross tons. When you're under 500 gross tons, you can anchor close to shore. You don't need a pilot on board to enter a port. When you go over 500 gross tons, you become a commercial vessel, and you have to like like a cruise ship. So I you so you need many, pilots I have on so board. Many crazy you need, question. So by pilot on board, you mean a tugboat comes out and a pilot gr- jumps so on your like, ship? No, a pilot. He his job is to guide you in. Yes, but but is, doesn't he get on? He the comes. Bridge? He gets on our boat. He, he stands the, right next to me. But yeah, right. He just this guy that and jumps. he goes like two degrees of starboard. One year we had a pilot on board. It was when we were filming in Spain, and he drove the boat in, and the wind got strong, and I don't think he's used to docking yachts. And he goes as the boat was turning, he goes here you go <laughs> in the middle of the turn, <laughs> and I had to take it and you know like get my bearings and dock it. It was I, like, thanks, I, man. I, I'm sorry that I'm jumping all over the place, but I have a zillion questions on this. How, how does captaining a ship compare with other than the obvious you know, mechanical differences, captaining a plane, for instance? Um, well, we have life rafts. No, no. I, I, well, we have parachutes, but, but no, yeah, but I understand. Yeah, you but, know, not on a commercial flight. But, but no, I would honestly. Argue, no, I would argue at sea, if you're at sea, I mean. It can be dangerous. Yeah. People can drown. Yeah. Uh, the difference is. We're more connected with our teams. Mm. We're more – we're service-based. We're not – I'm talking yachting, right? Not yeah. shipping. Yeah. Um, so we're service-based. So we are slides and wave runners and Go water ahead. skiing Fine. and Saint-Tropez and Pamplona Beach and Club Saint-Consanc and Monaco and – Where's your favorite place to dock? Do I actually – you know, I get this question a lot. I love I, – the best city that I would live in – in Europe would be Barcelona. The best place to hang out on a boat, the south of France. If any, I really, any, anywhere in the south. Nice, uh, central I, I think I would prefer 
I think I'd prefer Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then me personally, because I like the city. I like being close to the airport. You can drive and go skiing in a day and go boating. Have you ever been to Madrid? Actually, I really like to be in Cannes. I like Cannes. Cannes too. Huh? Yeah, yeah. You've been to Madrid? Ever? I've been to Madrid. And you like Barcelona? There's like the Prado two- Museum. Oh. Yeah. It's amazing. But there's like – there's Madrid people and there's Barcelona people. That's right. Yeah. Catalan and Castilian. But but even people that visit sort of go into two camps. Like you're, yes. it's not, you're not the same person if you love Barcelona. You're not yeah. going to like Madrid that much. It's weird because I, I have been to both places. I was recently to Madrid and I – Fucking loved it. I, I think shocked. Madrid should be. I always said Madrid should be on the water. Oh, oh my god, it'd be too good then. Yeah, <laughs> too much. Yes, but but Barcelona was like, eh, I get it, but I didn't didn't do it to me the way Madrid did for some reason. Well, yeah, because you went to Madrid first, but Barcelona. No, I went to Barcelona first. Oh, you did. Yeah, my oh. my son was sick when we were there, and there was a whole bunch of other shit going on. So yeah, maybe that, sure that colored my experience. Yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> I just see so much shit happen. I was diagnosed with prostate cancer while I was there. So wow. so. <laughs> Forgot that, about that. No, no wonder, wonder I don't like Barcelona. My son was dying of E. coli to, and I had prostate cancer. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. All in the same trip? Same trip. Off a ship. He drank the water out of the uh, oh. tap and got some, you know, hemorrhagic E. coli. Terrible. Yeah, he did fine. He's fine. Yeah. He's, he's, he is, did uh, you take him to the American hospital? I didn't take him anywhere. I did it myself. And, and man, it was a high wire act. It was very yeah. challenging. So, yeah. yeah, very, very disturbing. I'm still a little traumatized by it. Because I knew, I knew how dangerous what was going on. So, anyway. well, I'm glad you're okay. I'm fine. Okay. I'm on my. That was you know 12 years ago, literally. Yes. And that 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 kid is attorney and doing fine, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So, but, you know, and I don't want to jump all over the place because I had kidney cancer. So when you get that word is used, renal cell. Yeah. Don't you just everything goes quiet? Like for me, everything went nothing. I just heard that word. Yeah. So I know exactly what you're talking about. I sort of felt like I was going through the floor a little bit. Like like and for me, because there's prostate cancer, my dad, my uncle, when they were in their seventies, I anticipated getting it in my seventies, but I was fifty. I was like, this is what the fifty? I this is not right. So I just felt like not Fair. It felt like not fair. And f- fortunately, because I know these illnesses intimately, I, I knew that prostate cancer was – if you got to get one, that's the one to get. And renal cell too if you get it early. But if you don't get it early, it's the exact one you don't want to get. So I'm guessing you got it early. Yeah. Here's what's crazy. I had a, a doctor and he had an attending physician with him. And that guy said when he was operating on you, he closed his eyes. And I go, what? So when the doctor came in, dip and parec. He goes, I go, why'd you close your eyes? And he goes, I prayed. I couldn't mm-hmm. find your cancer. And he goes, after I opened my eyes, I found your cancer. So he didn't have to take my kidney. Oh, wow. It was just right there. Because I was ready to cut you open and take your kidney. So they just took out a piece. The, yes. The, the they took the cancer. And it was a renal cell. It was a cancer. Yes. Oh, that's so lucky. Renal cell scares the hell out of me because it, it, it's one that if you – it's it's so uh, breathtaking in that if you get it early, done. You're cured. One second too late. Also done, but in the wrong way. Right. It's just, ugh. And, you know, I got hit by a car. I was on a motorcycle. And Is that's that why they it. found it? Mm-hmm. They did a CAT scan in your back or something? Yeah. Not, that's usually how it's picked up. It's rarely picked up. Uh, it's in a way to pick it up. It's usually something, right. you know, you're looking for something else. And, they call it a silent killer. Uh, it's awful. It's not, well, we're alive. Yeah, we're, we're good. healthy. We got two good ones yes. under two good conditions. Yeah. Yes. Yes. 
Here's something you might not know. According to the Kaiser Family Foundation, 25% of Americans live more than an hour from a Tier 1 or Tier 2 trauma center. If you're one of those 83 million people, have you thought about what kind of immediate help is available should you need it? For that matter, what might it cost? Well, there's an easy way to stress less and free yourself from the financial worry, an Air MedCare Network membership. Air MedCare Network's participating providers transport critically ill or injured patients in a fully equipped state-of-the-art helicopter. But being an Air MedCare Network member brings expert care and financial peace of mind because you will have no out-of-pocket expense only when flown by an AMCN provider. You can become a member for just $99 per year, and your entire household is covered. Right now, Dr. Drew Podcast listeners get up to an $80 MasterCard or Amazon gift card when you join AMCN and use the offer code DREW. Protect your family and your finances. Visit airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash Drew today. No, and and back to recovery, gratitude every step of the way, right? Yes. Every day. Like even when I have a conversation that I don't really want to have and you're just like, you know, you're taking all that energy and you're just like, man, I just wish the crew could just change the way they think. However, I have a helm. lot of I have a lot helm. of years of helm, right? <laughs> Human element. I have a lot of years of experience to work on that thinking. Yeah. It's all about changing that stinking thinking. Yes, ma'am. That, that's where we started this conversation. <laughs> yeah. And people don't really understand what that is. They think thinking is something you can categorically rely on. It is very hard to think in such a way that you can really rely on your thinking because it's driven. Yeah, I don't know why I'm talking about Plato this morning, but that was his thing. It's a, it was a chariot, you know, or a monkey on an elephant, you know, and the, we're the, our thinking is the monkey. Elephant's doing what it does, and the monkey's trying to make sense of it. That's most of what our thinking is, and you have to be really careful when you think. So we're, we're sort of winding down on our time here. G- give me a little sort of your last takes on sort of leadership advice that I may have missed or not gotten into here. You know, honestly, uh, as a captain, I'm, and I'm going to speak for myself as a leader, I like to remain teachable. Um, for example, I watched this deckhand walk off the boat. He walked into a crowd of people. He put his hand out, and I heard him say, hi, I'm Rob. I'm new here. I'm off Motor Yacht Pure Bliss. And I went, that's how easy it is? <laughs> so the little things really matter. So yeah. I remain teachable. And I do this thing where I'll, I was driving down the road, having a conversation with a friend of mine, losing my shit. And she goes, pull over. So I pull over. She goes, I want you to look at where your feet are. So I look at my feet, and she goes, take a breath and look up. Is that what's really happening in your head? I'm like, well, no. She goes, then be there. So I pause, look at my feet, take a breath, look up. So I don't react. I'm able to respond. I hope that person is sponsoring other people. Absolutely. Good. Because that's, <clears throat> that's, that, ladies and gentlemen, is the wisdom of the program. Uh, are there people that shouldn't be in leadership positions? I mean, how do you assess yourself to know if you're leadership material? Or is that everybody? You just got to have your own style with it. I actually think you should be kind. I think kindness but, is. But is everybody? Not everyone's kind, right? I know it's terrible. Yeah. I mean, cause so I, if you're not kind, maybe maybe work on yourself. Be kind to yourself, and then you can be kind to others. And I just think that they're already feeling down. They're already in trouble. I don't have to be mean about it. You like, know, Sandy, certain people are really good lieutenants and not really good captains. 
And that's that's okay, right? Right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and you can do. You know, you don't have to be a private. You can you can do your best version of yourself. You don't have to be captain. You can be the best lieutenant, and that's that is really important to be that, right? You don't have to be the captain. Yeah, because if you get into the lieutenant, I mean, in the captain role, yeah, and you're not that. You can't be mean. You can, you no. have to really think about it. You won't be a captain for long. Right. That's true. Because it will be a mutiny. It'll you, happen. You ever had a mutiny? I've never had a mutiny. You but I had a mutiny. A... I honestly, like this season, um, there was a mutiny on the interior for one crew member and I had to fire. I don't see everything. So I have to believe what I hear. It's hard. It is hard. So you have to rise that 30,000 feet. If two people are telling me the same story, it's probably true. Mm. So I kind of go with that. Because it I, is uncanny how much people distort what absolutely. they experience in an interpersonal context. It's yeah. uncanny. Yes. So it's it's hard to know unless you're there. And of course, you got cameras going sometimes. Do you ever yeah. do you roll back and check the camera? Uh, well, I I don't have access to that. They won't so. let you give it. They won't let you do. No. That. You, can't, you can't call the you can't call <laughs> no. the video village and go. Can you roll that back for me? No. Okay. No, I <laughs> learned for the first time when I watch it. And I'm like, oh, now I see why she really was terrible. You know, she yeah. wasn't not great at her job. Yeah. So. And I'm like, well, she's doing a good job because in front of me, yeah, yeah, she's doing a good job. And and do the other staff come to you and go, no, that's because it's because it's you. You know, you're yeah. she's doing that for well, you. Well, I don't, I don't defend her to them, but yes, that when they tell me, and I'm thinking, well, maybe I'm not seeing something. Yeah, yeah. Well, the book I recommend it most highly: "Be the Calm or Be the Storm." Obviously, I think you get the sense of what Sandy has to offer, uh, and I think we ought to go read the book, all of us, uh, Captain Sandy. On, I appreciate you being here. Thanks really, for it's a privilege, me. and uh, congratulations on everything. Thank you. And we'll see you all next time. All conversation and information exchanged during the participation in the Dr. Drew podcast is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Do not confuse this with treatment or medical advice or direction. Nothing on these podcasts supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Although Dr. Drew is a licensed physician with specialty board certifications by the American Board of Internal Medicine and the American Board of Addiction Medicine, he is not functioning as a physician in this environment. The same applies to any professionals who may appear on the podcast or drdrew.com. All month long on Pluto TV, stream the biggest Tyler Perry movies free. Watch your favorites like Medea's Witness Protection and Medea's Big Happy Family. Join Tyler Perry as he goes on a couples retreat with Sharon Leal in Why Did I Get Married? Or Idris Elba and Gabrielle Union in the Tyler Perry directed film Daddy's Little Girls. Plus, Pluto TV has hundreds of channels with thousands more movies and TV shows available on live and on demand. Download the free Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming now. Pluto TV. Drop in. Watch free. Yo, what's up, guys? This is NBA champion Bobby Porters of the Milwaukee Bucks here with my brand new podcast, Keep It a Book. Each week, me, A.B., and Barrette will be talking to special guests from fellow athletes, celebrities, and friends from all walks of life. We're talking honest conversations with real people about their lives and what drives them to succeed. And you know we'll keep it a book. Download new episodes of Keep It a Book every Thursday. Coming soon on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcast. Keep it a book. Peace.